1: COVID-19 cases in the U.S. are on the rise and may be much higher than reported, according to government officials. More than 1 million people filed new unemployment claims once again in the United States last week. And the latest numbers show that the U.S. economy contracted by 5% in the first quarter, which will likely look relatively good once the second quarter numbers come out. So what did markets do overnight? You got it. Stocks rose across the board. The Dow, Nasdaq and S&P 500 All close up more than 1%. So, what's happening? Joining me now to help answer those questions is Ryan Huang. Good Friday morning, Ryan. What's new?
0: TGIF. Uh, Well, it is... It has been quite a long week. So many things happening, and I think overnight we've got quite a bit of uh, headlines to get through.
1: Indeed, finance counters led the charge in the U.S. overnight. J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, Citigroup—they all rose more than three percent. Investors were applauding a new set of rules announced by U.S. regulators. Some of these new regulations are designed to ensure that bank finances remain strong in the event that the economy goes south further. While others, well, they are of rules put in place after the 2008 Great Financial Crisis. So let's start with that one. Uh, officials announced an overhaul of the so-called Volcker Rule and that was meant to prevent banks from engaging in some risky behaviour that contributed to, to the Great Financial Crisis. Tell us more.
0: Yeah, so this Volcker Rule was part of the Dodd-Frank Act which got into place back in 2010 when we had the Lehman Brothers collapse uh, with the mortgage crisis and uh, bonds issue. So all that if you remember, ten years ago it was a huge problem, and part of that was because of risky behavior from banks. Banks pretty much being more aggressive than what was acceptable, you know, taking on more risks and selling that, you know, those risky packages to retail customers. So all that now, um, those rules that were put in place to prevent another financial crisis, they apparently apparently feel it's you no know, time to take off those chains, and they say you know is unnecessary because banks now are in a stronger shape and they've learned their lessons. But hey, uh, only time will tell. But for now, regulators feel the same way and they are rolling back some of those tighter restrictions. So banks can now use more of those monies they set aside to go into more risky assets, more risky investing, things like venture capital funds. So that's going to be good news for banks and that's why you saw your bank shares go up by between 3-5%. to
1: More risk on for banks then. So on the one hand, banks will once again be able to make those more risky trades like on hedge funds. But on the other hand, the US Federal Reserve has told them to suspend share buybacks, cap dividend payments and undergo a new round of stress tests.
0: Yeah, so you had a bit of good news and bad news. So that good news came first from the US bank regulator. And then you had a Federal Reserve coming after hours trading to say they completed their you know, stress tests and we want banks to be more prudent, especially with what's happening in COVID-19 being so fluid, potentially getting worse. They want banks to set aside more buffer, at least for the near term. So don't give out more dividends. Don't do share buybacks. Things could get worse and you might need your money down the road, at least for the third quarter. So that message put a bit of a dampener on the stock prices for banks. So they gave up some of those gains they picked up in the trading session. So after hours, you saw a bit of a slump.
1: Now Investors clearly like these new rules, Ryan, bidding up bank shares overnight. But what are analysts saying about bank stocks going forward?
0: Yeah, so this is going to be a murky one. It's quite divided. And if you look at the indicators, right, if you look at some of the more positive ones, you have home sales ticking up, so housing activity showing some signs of being on the And you have last night the U.S. jobless claims on the other scope. I guess a bit more uh, less positive, one point five million. Jobless claims filed. That's more than they expected 1.3 million. So for a second week in a row, the numbers disappointed the markets. So that's something that's putting a bit of caution on how the economy is going to uh, recover. And of course, you've now got the U.S. economy reopening of businesses up in the air with the spike in cases across some of the uh, big U.S. states. And Apple, of course, closely watched. They have. Reclosed more of their stores. Yesterday, we were talking about seven store closures in Houston, and now they are looking to um, close even more stores because of the increasing worry of this um, second wave, or well, actually, some people are saying it's the first wave. It's not even uh, over yet.
1: Mm, yeah, let's sense of corporate news uh here at home, troubled oil trader Hin Leong back in the news. PwC, the court-appointed judicial manager, issued a report this week that was very critical of the company's finances. But now the family of Hin Leong founder Lim On Quin is fighting back. What's the latest?
0: Yeah, I've got to take you back to the PwC, PwC report, right? So. PwC came up with a series of recommendations based on investigations in the past two months. And it picked up what it said were a couple of irregularities. How apparently Hin Leong did a lot of transactions to cover up uh, their accounting gaps. For example, fabricating documents to a massive scale and using those documents to mislead banks to lend them money. And you also had transactions that apparently were quite... um, curious or unbeneficial for example loss making transactions were um, uh, were taken uh, in order to, in, to to have liquidity and cash flow for the company in order to give the appearance of business activity and to cover up some of those tracks so that was the essence of the PwC report and now Hinlong is rebutting some of those allegations saying that you no know, him long did not have a chance to respond adequately and pwc said they tried to reach out to the founder ok lim to get a response to so interview him but they were told by his lawyers that he was not available due to um his health and that was one reason i think um that Hin- that he is responding quite strongly on that they said you no know, they actually have the medical certificates to say that he was unavailable for some stretches in the past three months. So, uh, they were not trying to shirk responsibility, so to speak. So, that's part of the back and forth going on right now. And also, they apparently have some issue with the recommendations by PwC. Hmm. Um, They were asking why these recommendations were not sealed um, from public eye. And also... They are also you know, putting some cold water on the recommendations by PwC for family assets to be pledged alongside Hin Leung's, uh business right now.
1: It's a tangled web. We'll be looking for clarity on uh, restructuring terms for sure. Okay, so there's several corporate stories I want to go through with you, Ryan, but let's do a game show style again. I'll say a company name. You tell us what what is up, okay? Okay. All right, here we go. Singapore Airlines.
0: Okay, Singapore Airlines in the news because it is looking at India. And that's because it's got this subsidiary called hmm. Vistara Air. And hmm. what's the, I guess, angle of this is that now Singapore Airlines, ironically due to COVID-19, could get more market share in India, grabbing it from the likes of Emirates and Etihad, And that's because of some of the, I guess, new normal. Uh, right now, there's this, I guess, Outlook from Vestira that says when things are back to normal, people want direct flights. They don't want to go through a hub in order to minimise exposure. So Vistara, as a local subsidiary, is able to offer direct flights, whereas the likes of Emirates and whatnot need a connecting hub to go to another destination. So they feel this is going to be an advantage for the likes of Vistara. And I think this is something they are quite optimistic on in order to get more market share from India. So this is one of the, uh, what happens in India is India doesn't allow foreign airlines to fly directly from one country from India to another country. So that apparently works in their favour.
1: Interesting to hear Singapore Airlines possibly grabbing uh, part of the Indian market held by their rivals, Emirates and Etihad Airways. All right, next company on my list, Nike. Yeah,
0: Nike closely watched because it is such a huge retailer. But like all retailers across the board, they were hit by COVID-19. So this hit was to the tune of $790 million for its uh, latest quarter. And this was a disappointment because the market was actually expecting a better result. So in terms of um, share price, or rather in terms of earnings per share, that was about $0.54 per share loss. The market was looking out for a profit of $0.10 per share. So quite a bit of a disappointment. But the good news is, Online sales grew seventy five percent, so that was one silver lining, but mm. wasn't enough to offset the closures of stores due to COVID nineteen. So that's the bad part. So it is um, suffering the well quite a bit of, um, I guess, fallout from what's happening with COVID nineteen.
1: Yeah, and if things happening in China is an indicator of what could happen in Western markets in China, where COVID was first detected, of course, all of Nike stores are now open. Imagine that. I don't know, would you buy a shoe off the internet like Nike? Well, if
0: I watched something like The Last Dance, maybe I would be inspired suddenly to (laughs) pick up a shoe. And that was one reason why um, Nike managed to do well in the Jordan, at least, line of sneakers. Apparently, The Last Dance was... Inspiring some shopping.
1: Really? I have to watch that movie then. I need some inspiration. <laughs> okay, Facebook and advertisers like US telecom company Verizon.
0: Yeah, so this is something a bit more tied to politics. So we've got Verizon. Uh, it is one of the biggest advertisers on Facebook and now it's joining the likes of Ben & Jerry's um, and many other companies like the North Face and Patagonia to boycott Facebook because they are not happy how Facebook is managing political advertising. So they are not happy with it and they want Facebook to do something before they go back. So it is likely to put a bit of pressure on Facebook uh, when, of course, advertising huge, makes up a huge part of his business.
1: Yeah, companies lending their weight to say no to hate speech. Verizon joining ice cream brand Ben & Jerry's when it comes to using advertising money in a boycott. Okay, finally, Wirecard. This is a big one.
0: Yeah, Wirecard again in the news. A lot of bad news this week. And the latest is Wirecard has filed for bankruptcy. So that missing $2 billion, I think really... um, is weighing on the confidence of banks that have lent a wire card. So they could not get the, those banks to support them enough. So that is putting quite a bit of stress on their finances. And now to protect the company, mm-hmm. they have filed for bankruptcy and they are now mulling over whether to also file bankruptcy for, its, for their subsidiaries. So this is likely to be another running episode next week when you get more news about what they want to do next.
1: You know, I checked, my and several of my credit cards actually have Wirecard on them.
0: Yeah, so this is the, um, I guess, the receipt you you see, right?
1: No, no, it's actually
0: on the card. Wow, okay, so this, um, I guess, is part of the payment services uh, provider as well. So
1: So recognizable.
0: Visa. MasterCard also have to figure out what they want to do when it comes to their partnership with Wirecard.
1: All right, time to check in on markets now. We're 18 minutes into the trading day this Friday. The Straits Times Index took quite a tumble yesterday, falling nearly 1.5%. Ryan, how is it doing this morning?
0: Yeah, SGX or rather STI yesterday, like you mentioned, dropped to its lowest levels in nearly, well, since the start of the month, uh, down 1.5%. So it was was oh, now bouncing back 0.6% in line with what we've seen across the region, picking up the momentum from that rally in bank shares overnight on Wall Street. So across the region... It is, I guess, a bit of more risk-on mood as you head towards the weekend.
1: All right. Thank you very much. Ryan Huang there with Market View.
0: Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts
1: at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.